Kristen, and you're listening to Podcast and Amplify, a podcast for women entrepreneurs who want to amplify their voice and brand through podcasting and grow a wildly successful business. I'm the executive producer and host of two shows and an entrepreneur, and I love helping women grow their visibility, mindset, and business to the next level. Each week, I share tips on how to launch and leverage your podcast, and I'm bringing on the very best business leaders to give you advice on how to build your business empire. Let's amplify your voice and business. Hey there, welcome back to the show. So this episode is the last interview episode of 2022 and of season three. And it's not so much of a how-to episode. It's more of just like a conversation around pursuing your passions and my guest story around how she's been able to do that. And and really, it's just a juicy conversation. I love talking to Drea. I was on her podcast a few weeks ago, and she's just one of these like soulful people. You'll hear it in her voice. I love her voice. It's so soothing. And I really wanted to end this season sharing something that just felt really cozy and encouraging and hopefully inspiring. So I hope that you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it with my guest, Drea Lopez. I think you'll hear in her voice how much she loves podcasting just as much as I do. And I feel like it's like an episode where you just want to get like a big mug of tea and snuggle in and have a listen. So I hope you enjoy this episode and thanks for listening. Hey, podcast and Amplify family. Welcome back to the show. Today, we have a very exciting guest, Drea Lopez. She's a Miami native. She originally started out as a songwriter, which won her a Latin Grammy. Then she went from that to releasing a top charting podcast called The Journey of Pursuit, which we'll talk about a little bit more. And now she's continuing on her journey of pursuing her passion. So she's been such an example of how to pursue your passions, your gifts, and helping others to be inspired to do the same through her podcast. And so I really wanted to chat with her today because I know I've gotten a lot of inspiration from her and I know you will too. So thank you for being on the show, Drea. Oh, thank you so much for having me. That was such a nice intro. <laughs> <laughs> I was like trying to get in all the all the things you've done. You're <laughs> such a creative person, which is really inspiring and speaks to me because I feel like I'm very creative as well. And I want to start by, you know, just jumping into your journey a little bit, like how you decided to pursue these things that you're passionate about, maybe leading up to the Latin Grammy, which is super exciting. Tell us your story. I would say I, this really started for me. My whole journey really started for me back in middle school. I mean, I think everyone's journey starts as like when they're kids, but um, middle school was a really pivotal moment for me because I was bullied by a group of girls. And that really, really was the beginning of my creativity because I would go home and I would write in my journal every single night because it was, you know, it was a moment of my time of my life where I was struggling with friendships and self-acceptance and being able to be around people, you know, wanting to be liked and and wanted as a friend. And 
I wasn't able to really have that in middle school because of um, the bullying. So I would go home and I would write in my journal every single night. And slowly that practice of journaling became writing songs through the things that I was going through. I was gifted a guitar at 14 years old and I just started writing everything I was feeling in those journals and making them into songs. And that was kind of the beginning of my journey as a songwriter, as a creative, as a writer. It was such a beautiful time. Only really my family knew that I did that. It was was something that was kind of known internally, like with my, with my people, like my family and my close friends. But, um, then I, I went into high school and high school, those girls kind of came with me to the new high school. And I was still really shy as a freshman, super like quote unquote, like loser ish, you know what I mean? In the sense of like, I was a loner and I, by the way, I think that that's a huge compliment now, <laughs> like being a loner now. I'm like, that's, I love being alone. I love having my alone time. But when you're young and all you want is friends and all you want is connection, it feels so, it feels like such a big thing to not have that group of friends that you've wanted. And so I went into high school uh, with those girls and made a new friend in my high school that actually knew I could sing and knew I wrote my own songs. And she had all my lyrics memorized and she was like my number one fan. And she signed me up to be a part of the school talent show. And long story short, I won the talent show and it ended up being the way that I realized that music could be my instrument to really make friends and build connections. And people started coming up to me and saying like, Hey, aren't you in my math class? Like we should hang out or you know, like there's an event at school. Why don't you perform? Like, and so I started getting asked by the school to do events, to do certain performances and stuff. And it really became my instrument. Like it really became the way I decided that I was going to make friends and I was going to be able to be myself and be loved by being myself. And that is when I went from just making it kind of like a hobby into going to study it. And so I studied music business. And during college, I had an internship with Emilio Estefan, who's Gloria Estefan's husband. So if you don't know who that is, that's the woman that sings conga. So come and shake your body, baby, do the conga. So I interned with him really, but with the Estefans for two years while I was in, while I was in college, I just didn't want to leave. I was supposed to be there for three months and every three months, I was like, I, you don't have to pay me. I was like, I just want to be here. I just want to learn from you. I, I'm so close to the studio because my school was really close by. And so any second I had free, I would go to the studio and make myself useful. And that was the best decision I've ever made because at least at that time, because it was the best education. It was a way for me to learn so much more about the music industry and you got to see behind the scenes. And so I was there for two years, um, a year or so in after being the coffee girl, the go get food girl, the organizer girl, I was asked to start writing with Emilio Stefan and they got a new intern. And that is when my internship really took a turn. And I was called to go write songs like every day. And it was the best best, best thing. I learned so much. 
it was such a beautiful moment. And I have a catalog with them. And one of those songs is called Cuando Hay Amor. And Gloria Estefan heard that song when we did the demo, which I was the demo girl. So I would sing the songs we would write. She heard it and wanted it for her album. And that is how it got onto the Latin Grammy winning album that she won in 2021. That's a very exciting accomplishment. So I love how you took it back to the very beginnings of where writing started for you, how it came about from something that was not a positive experience, but you were able to turn it into something positive and then create these opportunities for yourself and put yourself in the right positions. And I love how you said that pursuing music or writing would help you to be yourself. And that's how you were going to make friends, which was really neat because I think sometimes people think maybe as a performer, like this is what people are going to love me for. And it's not necessarily about them and them being true to themselves, but it sounds like you took that approach of like, no, this is really going to come from my heart and represent me. And then people are going to, are responding to that. So you got the experience with the Estevez's and then you had the Grammy, you know, that's so impressive being able to have that accomplishment. And so what made you then sort of pivot to podcasting and tell us a little bit about your podcast, because I think it's really in line with empowering others to pursue their passions. Well, first of all, thank you. That's really kind. And I just want to quickly say before I really go into the to the answer to this question is music was is was will always be the one place where I'm unapologetic. Like it's one of those places where it's completely what I feel. It's my heart. You hear my lyrics and it's like if I'm having a conversation with you over coffee. Like that's just the way that my music has always been. Um, I guess that's always my goal with music is like, just come and sit with me and hear my heart. And I think that that is why I, I don't know, I've been able to kind of um, have that be something creative in me that hasn't died because it's something that it's, it continues to give right. Like within myself, like I, Mm. I go through different things at every stage of my life. And so that's something I'm able to write about through my music and not be sorry about it, you know, not be like, oh, okay, yeah, like I went through that at that time and stuff. So I just wanted to say that because I think everyone has an outlet and music just happened to be the one that I started with. But podcasting has given me this new outlet where I'm still unapologetic because it's still something that comes from my heart. It's still something that I create and it's shifting every single time. But podcasting kind of came to me because in the pandemic, I got furloughed. I was I was living in LA at the time. So I lived in LA for about four years. There was a pause with music. There was no sessions. No one was going to each other's houses, obviously, to write. Zoom wasn't really normalized yet. So there was this big gap where I didn't have access to the things I was doing in LA. I wasn't going to, I wasn't able to go to people's houses, friends' houses and write with them. And Zoom, like I said, it wasn't normalized yet. So it was a big time for me to rediscover what I wanted to do and how I wanted to connect with people. I kept hearing podcasts of people that were older than me. So I'm 28 
And at the time I was 26, I remember listening to people's stories and thinking, what were you doing at my age? You know, like everyone was kind of talking about like getting there. They were already at this successful, quote unquote, successful time in their lives. But I kept thinking, what were you doing at 26? Like you haven't talked about that time. And I'm sure it was uncertain. I'm sure you weren't doing what you said you're doing now. So why haven't you talked about that? You're like, I'm so intrigued. I want to ask you about what were you doing at my age? And I started realizing that the shows I loved the most wouldn't really touch upon that. So I realized that I had so many creative friends because I'm in the music industry and all of them, all my friends are musicians, songwriters, guitarists, pianists. Um, I have friends that are pottery makers. I have friends that are in the film industry because living in LA, I also got connected to so many great people. So I looked at my contact list basically and said, I have so many creatives. Why don't I just ask them if they would be willing to be interviewed by me and talk about what they've done now at this age, what they're doing to get to that point, you know, where I don't really know what that point is, you know, because success, I think is an ongoing thing. You can be successful at anything. You can um, define success as so many different things. And so why not talk about the journey of how you're getting to do the things you love today? Even if you're 26, 27, 28, 40, 50, yeah, but why is no one asking people in their 20s? So I decided to create a show that would highlight younger people's journeys and make them realize how great they are, how cool they are, that they're able to do something that they love at a young age. So I realized also at that time, it was when podcasts were big, but they weren't as big as they are today. And so my show was kind of one of the first that were really talking about younger people's stories. It's a way to show people and be inspired and show them the strategies that others have done as well. Yeah, I think people want to hear the like the success story, but they don't always want to hear the messy parts or the struggle. It seems like over the last couple of years, I don't know if it's pandemic related, but there's been a shift to people being a little more transparent about like the failures and not having so much shame around. Yeah, I struggled or I'm struggling Um, which is nice to hear, but I can see why there weren't shows at the time that were focusing on the 20s because I read something the other day that said the 20s are practice. And I thought, oh, that's such a great way to frame the 20s because you're really trying things out. When you try things out, you make a lot of mistakes or you you have a lot of flops, right? And that's not always, I think, what people necessarily want to see or are are comfortable sharing. So it's great that you created a platform and helped normalize like, yeah, we're in our 20s. We're going through it. We're in the middle of it. And we're having these successes along the way. But both things can be true, right? We can we can be having these moments where we're uncertain or maybe it didn't work out. And then we can have like really big successes at the same time, but still feel like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like <laughs> that's how I feel half, half the time. So what made you feel like podcasting was going to be something that let you be authentic, let you be sort of honest and in, in sharing your creativity as you did in music? 
Well, music, like I said before, was my place to be unapologetic. And podcasting, I think, just gave me a new outlet to be unfiltered because you just press record and you have a conversation. And I loved that. Like my my favorite things to do include being somewhere with someone talking, you know, like having a great conversation about so many different topics, being open about, you know, what we think, what we believe and having that exchange. And so I thought podcasting could be a great way for me to talk to my friends at first, right? Like I didn't really have these goals. Like I told everyone in the beginning of the podcast, like I'm just taking messy action. I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. I was so forward about it. I said, I just recorded this on my laptop on GarageBand with my Apple cord headphones. I have absolutely no practice. Like I don't know anything about podcasting. I'm just kind of going to try it. And I think that because I was so open about my process, people felt a little more comfortable thinking, you know, I can go on this show and not be perfect and just talk about myself and what I've learned through my journey. And like you said before, um, I'm glad that it comes across as a place that normalizes failure because that was a goal of mine. That for sure was something that I knew I wanted to highlight because failure for me, I don't really know if that exists, you know, like for me, failure is a lesson. And I, I say this in every single episode I've done with a guest, I, t- I ask them, you know, what is your biggest failure or loss and what is your biggest success or win? And I ask those two questions because there's a point to it. Um, Sarah Blakely, the owner of Spanx, used to, I think I heard her at, no, I did. I heard her on a podcast where she was talking about her dad and how her dad would ask her every single night at the dinner table, what did you fail at today? And she realized as she got older that he normalized failure for her. She was never afraid of it because she knew it was a part of the journey. She knew that was part of getting to where she wanted to go. So I ask all my guests that question so that they themselves realize, like, look at how you just reframed it. And every guest has reframed that question to say, I don't know if it's a failure. I think it's a lesson. Like, exactly. Because no matter what you do, you just learn. It just redirects you. And so I love that the podcast has become a place where I think creatives and young people have realized that every journey is unique and every thing that happens to you on your journey is there to show you something. I think it's become this place where that unapologetic feeling that I had and have with music is now a part of my podcast in its own way. Yeah, I think, you know, definitely doing it messy, as you mentioned that you did, and being so open about it, that is a great place to start when you know you're just honest about, I'm not sure what I'm doing. I know I've implemented that in my business a lot more where I tell people, this is beta, right? Like this is in the beginning stages. I don't have experience doing this, but I'd like to learn. And if you're willing to come on that journey with me, give me, I'm open to feedback. It just reframes things in such a more positive way, a less stressful way. Everyone can relate to starting out and not knowing what they're doing. So I think they're, they're willing to give you that grace and be like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do this with you. 
And so I think that's a great place to start. I know that you have a passion for personal development. I know you started talking about that more on your show. Maybe give us some steps on like how we can start pursuing our passions, even if it, we've never done it before, like you had never done podcasting, even if it seems kind of maybe out of reach or or just like, wow, could I do that? Anything you use in your toolkit in terms of like supporting yourself as you're leaning into doing things maybe you haven't done, but you feel a calling to, or that are just your passion? Because I think sometimes it can be scary to pursue your passion. I think we get told a lot, like, just do the things and do this path. And if your passions don't align with the status quo path, that can feel scary. So how do you approach that? When I started my podcast, I was so scared because everyone had known me as a songwriter. And so I had never strayed away from that. I was always a part of a songwriter. I had always written songs. I had always done music. I was always in studios. I was always in sessions. I was always talking about the next song I was going to like release. So when I had this podcasting idea, I was so scared because I was afraid people were going to say, what is she doing? You know, or she can't do that. She's a songwriter. Or is that, does that mean that she quit? You know, like I had all these, it it was an internal dialogue. No one was saying this to me. And I remember when I told all my friends, my creative friends, who I basically, what I did was that I recorded in my, my toolbox of music. I always had my voice notes app because that's where I record all my ideas. And I would bring those ideas to studios and sessions. And I decided to take it out that one day and say, hey guys. I have this idea of starting a podcast and I would love for you to be a part of it. What do you think about this idea? And I kind of went into what I wanted to do with the podcast and every single friend I sent that to said, this is amazing. You should do it. I would love to be a part of it. Why not? And so they, I mean, I had, I had to give myself permission, but definitely having them on my side was something that really, I realized like, why wouldn't I do this? Even if I do it for a few episodes and I say, "Mm, it's not really for me. At least I tried it. So I think something I've had in my toolkit that I've realized with my love for self-development, like you were saying, I think I've always been a fan of self-development. I've read all the books under the sun. Like I'm, I'm obsessed with that kind of mindset shifts and works and things like that. So that's a personal preference for me. But I think I realized with everything I've done, when it's with music, when I was releasing my EP, I'm not signed to any record label. I don't have any backing. So that EP was all out of my doing. I had to figure out how to release it. I had to figure out how to make basically all the little things kind of work together so that the songs could be out there and people could listen to it all over the world without really anyone teaching me that. I think what I've learned through music and through podcasting and doing things messy is that like we talked about a little bit on your episode on my show, when you do small little things every single day to get closer to the things that you want, you start building self-confidence. You start building this self-love for yourself because you realize, why wouldn't you give yourself that? You know, like, why wouldn't you try? Why wouldn't you just take one step every single day? 
to get closer to the thing that you want to do and just see how it goes. And I think that that's what I've realized with the show and with music and with anything else I do from now on. It's kind of this idea of you already have everything it takes. All you need is that decision. Like, I'm going to go for it. And what does that decision entail? What is the next step after you decide, okay, I'm going to try this. Okay. I'm going to do that thing. I'm going to move here. I'm going to ask that person now. I'm going to send that email. What's the next step? And then realize that every single day, if you just take the next step after what you've already done, you're going to get closer and closer and closer by the time you know it, like you're just going to be doing it, you know? And that's with my podcast. I've seen that so clearly because I started with not knowing how, and now I do it every week. And it's so simple to me, you know, and now I'm thinking of the next step for the podcast. Like, okay, we've already have these guests, like who else can I reach out to that maybe aren't my friends, you know, because now it's kind of like, I have to start reaching out to other people. I've pretty much interviewed all my friends. So it just kind of escalates and you start realizing like you've already done so many hard things that you don't even realize that you've done. And if you just look back a few steps, you realize that what you were so afraid of or what you were not sure of, you've been able to figure it out. So why wouldn't you be able to figure out the next step? I just kind of realized that you don't have to figure out the whole picture right away because that's something that would really hold me back. I would think so far ahead and I wouldn't take action because it was so daunting to me. Like, oh, that will take me too long. And someone said this to me the other day where they were like, I can't believe you won the Latin Grammy. Like, remember when you said that you wanted to? And I had said that years ago because any musician, like you, like musicians or people that think of musicians think like when they win the Grammy, right? Or like, that's like the big achievement. But really when I, when that happened, when I got the note, like the notice, the news that I, that we won. I only thought of the journey there. I didn't even think about like, oh, this is now, that's reality. I just kept thinking of like, oh, I remember when I was in school and like I would go to the studio and it was such a fun time. And, you know, you look back at the memories. And so always looking back of like all the little things you've done, all the little steps you've taken to get to where you want to go or already are and how you have everything it takes to continue doing it and do that for the next thing you want. Hey friends, we'll get back to the show in just a moment, but I wanted to take just a few seconds to invite you to a free workshop that I created. It's called Launch a Binge-Worthy Podcast, and it's all about helping you to create a heartfelt podcast that reaches your soul listeners and grows your business. If you want access, just go to podcastandamplify.com. It's totally free. Okay, friend, back to the show. Yeah, it really is about that aligned action towards your goal. And I think it's so much more manageable to take little bite-sized pieces. I think it takes out the overwhelm. I think when you do the small thing, you can take your care of yourself during that, you know, little step. And then you can, you know, it gives you that space to like take care of yourself, uh, which I had to learn. I started out just pushing through and that didn't work so well. Um, I mean, it worked, but you know, for me personally and my, my heart, you know, and my well being, it wasn't so great. Um, but you reminded me realizing when you got the, the Grammy, that's such a common story for entrepreneurs where they're like, 
oh yeah, I looked at my bank account and I had hit six figures like three weeks ago and I didn't even notice it because they're just focusing on doing the things and taking that aligned action. And all of a sudden, yeah, I did the thing, but it wasn't necessarily even about that accomplishment, right? It's all about like, what are you learning as you're challenging yourself throughout these little steps that you're taking towards your goal? And I know you mentioned having feedback from your community, which I think is important to have that support and just people who believe in you. You know, I I know that it definitely has to come from within, but I have a group of people, family, friends who are like, oh, you can, I think you can do anything, you know, and to have that in the back of my mind, like I know that I have to have the fuel, but on those days when I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can do this, what am I doing to be able to call that, you know, forward and be like, oh, but that person really hundred percent believes in me. That's huge, you know, to have those those people in your life. Yeah, and you just reminded me of something, but I think I spoke about this on an episode or something, but you ultimately tell people who you are. And that is something I learned. You know, like everyone knew me as a songwriter and I had to tell people I'm a songwriter and a podcaster. And once you accept it, once you give yourself permission to really acknowledge and accept that you are more than one thing and that's okay, it just becomes easier for you, you know, because you don't have to really explain to anyone what it is that you, who you are, you know, like what you do, like that's something that if it's, if it's yours, you know, if you own it, if you love it, that's enough for you to do the thing that you love. Um, I've realized that also with the show. The show has just shown me so much about myself because I think it was one of the first things I did to branch out of something I was always so certain about. You know, like music was something I just always thought that's the goal. Like that's that's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And I still do music. And I think people also see me as the podcaster now and they're like, where's music? And Music is still a big part of my life. I write by myself. I have songs. I will probably release more songs soon. You know, like I've never said that music is gone or no longer a part of my life. I am whatever it is I want to do, you know? And I've talked about that a lot on my show too, the multi-passionate word. I love it because if you really think about it, you yourself are not one thing. You're a sister your friend, your mom, you're a coworker, you know, like you wear already so many hats. And if you feel passionate about more than one thing, you can give yourself permission to do, to do them, you know, to do whatever it is that you want and decide which one brings you more happiness or if they equally bring you happiness and if they both fit in your life or three fit in your life, you know, So I think that that's something I've also learned with the show is just giving myself permission to do whatever it is that I feel called to do and show people that they themselves can do the same. Yeah. I mean, amen to being your multidimensional self, because you're right. We all are, we all have different facets to who we are. And I think there's a lot of external pressure to put ourselves in boxes 
because that's an easy package. It's easily digestible for people. So I'm definitely all for resisting that really simplified version of ourselves because it's just really not true. You know, so many of us have different skills, different loves. They could be even look contradictory or like this. They don't quite quote unquote fit, but that's really, I think, who most of us are. And I think there's definitely, I feel like I've seen more of a reclaiming of that. And even that word multi-passionate, I mean, I, I don't feel like it existed a few years ago, yeah, no. but it's been necessary, right? We've needed that language to describe how some of us really are and to be able to just like own, yes, I'm this and I'm this. Yeah. Um, so I love that. Yeah. I think I've just seen with the conversations I've had with my guests, how we ultimately are the ones that create the obstacles for ourselves. You know, like when we talk on the show about, you know, everyone's journey, like when I ask them questions about their story and how they've been able to do what they love and what their biggest success is, what their biggest failure is, whatever the questions are, everyone has this like aha moment on the show where they're like, that's me. That's my story. Like I'm, I'm this person we're talking about, you know? And I love when I see that kind of like spark, that little light shine, because I know that they have realized that, um, even though they've always known it, you know, um, I don't need my show to, to, to know that, but maybe that little aha moment, that conversation sparks someone else. And when they hear that conversation, they feel like they've been given permission to do what they love or to try something new. Or if they're, let's say, a guitarist and they've never thought of maybe auditioning to be on tour, but they heard my friend goes on tour with different artists, then that's something that they can take into their own life and make it work for them. And so I've just seen on the show so many, so many people just kind of have this moment and I've realized how, how big mindset is how big the mindset shift is knowing that you already have everything it takes knowing that all you have to do is take one step after the other and figure things out as you go knowing that you have to believe in yourself knowing that you you can believe in yourself you know and learn through the messy action give yourself the confidence by just pivoting whenever you need to i've learned so many different things through the show and i think Personal development has been a part of my life for a long time, but with the show, it's just been this highlight of realizing that we are all the same, you know, like we're all different, but we're all very relatable and we all kind of go through the same ups and downs in different ways, but they're very similar. And so knowing that we have that decision, you know, knowing that we have that ability to change our mindset. I don't know. I just, I feel like that's something that I've always been passionate about, but with the show, it's just kind of been highlighted because I've seen how all creatives, all young people, even older people too, like we all go through some, some form of that. Yeah. I think podcasting, you know, I've talked about this before the power of connection through storytelling is so present in podcasting. And I think it's because, you know, we all have very personal stories that, include these universal experiences, these universal truths and feelings, right? It's like we can tap into, oh, I went through this and other people are going to be able to relate and and be like, oh, 
I, I went through that too, or she's, she sounds like me or, and so just the podcasting in terms of connection is, is really powerful. Yeah. So I want to um, wrap up by asking you the signature question for this season. And it is, what is your superpower? I think my superpower is connecting with people because that's kind of what I've always done, not knowing that I was doing it, you know, with when I started music, uh, when I won that talent show, I realized how powerful words are, how powerful connection is and can be. And with the podcast, the same, I think the superpower of being able to have a conversation with someone, see their pain, see their success, see everything that they are, I think is my superpower is just being able to connect with anyone I, I have you know, a conversation or, or, or have that kind of, I don't even know how to put it into words. It's kind of just this knowing between two people of we're kind of here for a reason. And we've been able to connect through this medium, whichever medium that is, I think is my superpower is connection for sure with people and showing people that they can do whatever they set their mind to, I think is also something because I've gone through it and continue to go through it. Like, I also don't want people to think like, oh, this girl has like, figure it out. No, like I, I'm 28 years old. Like I'm sure there's going to be so many things coming up, you know, that I'm going to have to figure out and, and go through. So I think the superpower also of just taking one messy action after the other and figuring out what works and what doesn't is also something I would say is my superpower. I love it. So connection, empowerment, and I think courage, because it takes courage to do those those actions and kind of not know what you're doing, but doing it anyway. So those are beautiful superpowers. Thank you so much for being on the show today. And as always, when I have conversations with you, I just feel like, you know, there's such a kindred spirit there, such a connection. And so thank you for bringing your energy to the show. I want to make sure people know how they can get connected with you um, outside this podcast. Yeah. So there's a few ways. Um, my Instagram is Drea Lopez without the Ian Lopez. Um, that's also my TikTok. I have an email community where I basically send, uh, daily quotes. If you want, if you're about that, if you love positive quotes, I send one every single day, except for the weekends. And it's been a great way to just kind of connect together in, in a new way. I also have a Patreon community, basically patreon.com slash Drea Lopez without the Ian Lopez slash membership. And we have great conversations there as well, all about personal development, all about just kind of connecting with other females and being able to just have this one-on-one -on -one kind of conversation together in, in a very intimate group. And uh, yeah, I would say those are the best ways to, to connect with me. Great. Well, thank you so much for being here and inspiring us to pursue our passions. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of Podcast and Amplify. If you love the show, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And the best way to support this show is by sharing, rating, and reviewing the podcast. For those of you who leave a review, you'll get the chance to win a 30-minute strategy session or a mini audit of your existing podcast. Thanks for listening. And remember, your voice and what you have to offer is needed in the world. Until next week, take care.